0: So, I had the thought to share with you a little story. You know this watt that's nearby here? Maybe about 10 years ago, they were hoping to obtain the uh, adjacent property. Actually, the community there had been hoping to obtain the adjacent property for quite a few years. And the abbot had the idea that it would be really nice to have a meditation center because people come there to meditate, but then also people come for counseling, and people come for memorial services, and people come for all kinds of things. So there's there's not a secluded separate area that's, that's just for meditation, although people come to meditate throughout the day uh, at, at any time themselves. And uh, so the, the Abbot had mentioned that idea about a meditation center to me, Uh, knowing my own love for meditation and and study of meditation and going around uh, to various places to to listen to and to learn from the great meditation teachers. And uh, so uh, he had suggested that uh, I might come back uh, for some time to see if others in the community and the board of directors would be interested in having a meditation uh, center and if I wished uh, to propose that project then then I could do that. So others in the community also had different ideas for what could happen with that space like develop the school and uh, community uh, dining hall and uh, uh, further lodgings for the monks and uh, like cultural center and many kinds of ideas like that. So I had been to that what you know, off and on a lot of times in the past over like the five to ten years before that, uh, when uh, when in this area, when in the neighborhood, and um, but this was the first time when I came back that I stayed for for a longer time there. Um, Means more than just a, a short time, and so I was really surprised, uh, in a way, to discover, uh, with my being there, uh, that uh, some of the ladies who were like seem to be like some of the community leaders, or really strong, like strong Dhamma practitioners, or elder leaders, or. Uh, uh, those who also had their own groups uh, around the area that some of them seemed uh, initially quite staunchly negative about um, uh, about there being biquenie and I was surprised that the the leading ladies uh, could be could be so negative or or disapproving in that kind of way and uh, I was wondering you know what what that was about, you know why why that would be so. I had some kind of thought, oh, they would be the, they would be those who are like the uh, uh, would be most supportive and uh, most most sympathetic of a, a fellow woman very dedicated to the path and um, like uh, that we would we would be supportive of each other. I had this kind of idea, and so I was surprised. And um, so, on one occasion, then wondering about that, I had a chance to sit down with um, with one of the ladies uh, who had been quite challenging in a way, you know, she told me what she had heard about, you know, how there are no bhikkhunis and can't be any bhikkhunis and. Um, uh, and other things that she'd heard, and just you know, a little bit different than average for Thai, uh, really kind of out, out front and directly, and uh, uh, mentioned about that to me. Uh, anyway, we had a chance to sit down uh, afternoon after the meal uh, one time, and so we were sitting, and then uh, I was interested in her and her, and how she had become so strong in Dhamma. And uh, I asked her then about that. And she told me that she had been actually really interested in the Buddhist teaching uh, quite strongly since being a, quite a young girl. And uh, that even as a young girl, then, like in her local area, then going to the temple, then uh, uh, she saw around that uh, some of the other kids A few of the other kids who had that kind of strong inclination uh, that they were able to go to live in the Wat and become novices, and that they could grow up and become monks and even some of the elder monks that she knew had been in for such a long time since they were novices. And uh, also she had heard uh, that they had that that kind of strong uh, inclination from an early age themselves. And uh, so she went then to ask if she could also uh, go forth as as a novice and ordain from the local elder monk. And the elder monk told her no, uh, told her that's not possible, and then explained to her something about why it's not possible, like there there are no more bikunis since the time of Emperor Ashoka, and Sankhamita, then the uh, bhikkhuni-sankha died out and uh, can't be revived again until uh, until the time of the future Buddha uh, Maitre. Um So then that elder monk also kindly explained to her then that the, you know, the best she could do, the, the path for her then to become a great uh, laywoman supporter like Visakha. Oh, and that that was like the best that uh, uh, that she could do and that that would be great merit for her and uh, that she could also, you know, learn and study Dhamma uh, what is it, yata sati, yata balang uh, you know, with all of her mindfulness and, and strength um, that that she could do that then uh, and indeed, then she did that. She really, she cultivated in her adult life, she cultivated the path of uh, being a, a great uh, laywoman supporter and also studying Dhamma, undertaking the eight precepts on the Uposata days, having retreat time, time by time, uh, also a Dhamma discussion with others and uh, just being being very dedicated in what she then she, she studied about how to do that and observed how to do that as a as a girl, and then developed that so excellently uh, in her in her laywoman's life, and she was very upright about what she had been told by that uh by that elder monk, but she she mentioned to me that you know something in her heart so descended at the time of hearing that like her her heart sunk. Sunk down in her, and uh, in the kind of deep deep disappointment uh, that she felt in in not being able to do what her what her heart desired, and that it that it rose up again partly in what she told was told that she could do, uh, which she then followed and, and manifest so dedicatedly. In her life and the part that rose up covered over that other part and kept it pushed down uh, so that uh, you know she could she could keep what she had been taught and do what she had been told was good and um, mm, you know not to be in conflict also she didn't know any other idea besides that she thought what she had been told was true and uh, later on, time by time, and she also encountered other other words or things that she read uh, that uh, also mentioned like that. so then seeing a biqueny uh, a person in the woman's form in the in the monastic groups uh, in the patchwork Chivara, uh then that suddenly suddenly challenged that, and then know, the, All of these things that were with the rising up of that aspiration, all of these things that were the, the why of why that that's not possible, then also rose up to try to keep that in place, and to try to keep her life and her life's aspiration and dedication in place, and to keep herself and the you know the others and you know everything in its right order uh, according to what she had uh, determined. So that was why she had spoken and uh, acted like that you know, so, so challengingly, because that was seemed to be against the very, you know, dedication of her life, and how she had uh, established it. And I was, as I was listening to her story, then I started to really, like, to understand deeply, you know, that completely makes sense, of course, <laughs> and feel feel so much sympathy, because here she had this rising of the inclination to go forth and that ended up being, you know, at a very early age and disappointed and in a way squelched and, and overcome by something else, which also seems good. But it's like putting down that, that deep uh, inclination. What we would say is what she felt to be her calling from a young age or something like that, so then she was directed to and, and did the other thing. Um, so a kind of a, you know, a kind of a, a touching into uh, that again, and then a threat to everything that had, you know, hold th- held things in there in their order, and uh, so that that made so much sense to me then, hearing that, and I felt so much compassion and and deep understanding, rather than just like you know, why is this person acting like this? And, you know, she's my fellow woman, she should be my, my first supporter. It's one thing to have, you know, to have encounter these things with men. And I think at least my, my fellow woman dedicated to Dhamma, should understand and not be working against me. But when I heard about that from her, I really understood and, uh, and felt so much compassion. And then a very strange thing happened afterwards that was completely unexpected. The strange thing that happened afterwards is then she in turn also inquired. And then she was interested to hear about my life, not only like debate and and kind of combat or that kind of thing, uh, but to actually hear, you know, what what had happened. and, you know, how I had come to go forth, and, and why, did I, why did I think it was possible, and what had led me to think that, and how did it happen? And so, I just talked to her about that also, and she heard that, and she didn't really show me any sign of her, like, approving or not approving or anything, but she just told me, you know, I'm old now. Um, I've been married for so many years, I have kids, I'm established in this life. She said, maybe next life. (laughs) She said, maybe next life, if I'm born as a man, then I can do this. I told her, you know, well, if it's going to be next life, how about if you're born as a man or you're born as a woman, I I hope you can do this. I truly do. This is part of why, you know, why why I'm here and why I'm doing this, is I, I really... I don't know how it can be, but I hope that um, uh, that not only I will have the opportunity to, to come through the cracks uh, like this, but that others will be able to as well, and that their, their aspiration uh, in the Sasana, their aspiration for uh, Nekama, will be able to be fulfilled. So I just mentioned like that to her, and she said, And then that was the end of our conversation. But uh, later on, uh, then it's like when it was time to offer the meal, rather than being somebody who didn't come uh, to to where I was to offer, uh, and stayed with others hanging back, she was one of the first ones to come. And she made a point of doing that. And she even instructed instructed others to come with her and uh, and to be sure to participate in offering together. so I noticed that shift and change and with with some interest and then also when she inquired about needs for the temple and the monks, then also she made a special point of inquiring with me and uh, and finding what was needed and and offering those. Uh, those things, and later on, when we started with our uh, we, with our vihara, uh, the first uh, Bhikkhuni vihara in the Western United States for the Theravada Bikunis, then she made a special point of of coming and being one of the regular ones to uh, offer offer dana, bringing her friends and her her family members and uh and she was a, such a regular dedicated uh supporter then you know week by week uh during during that time even with the beginning of our hermitage and uh like this and um not only she but uh I also I also had some similar interactions with others that, who seemed a little bit similar and you know, as my kind of research, inquiring with them in that way. And, you know, strangely and mysteriously to me, this uh, this learning about the young aspiration for these ladies who were the very strong supporters and even kind of lay woman, uh, you know, lay community leaders uh, for several of them, speaking about that and, you know, being seen and known uh, being heard uh, about their early story and their early aspiration, actually every single one of them I talked to, it's like the story was a little bit different, but every single one of them, not one of them told me that their early aspiration was they, they heard stories of Huizaka or some other great laywoman disciple and then then they felt uh, inspired. Certainly there may be those, and I, I hope so, and that's also... Also so wonderful and so excellent. Uh, I think definitely there are those, but just somehow, uh, according to coincidence, uh, the ones that I happen to ask, you know, just, I think, two, three, four, uh, it, we, I experienced some uh, kind of uh, similar circumstance, similarity in their stories, although each one was different. Whether it was a monk, or whether it was their parents, or you know someone else who told them, "No, you can't. Uh, you can't do this," um, and then explain to them what their role uh, was or what their role could be, uh, and that that process a lot of similarity in the stories, and this helped me really to to understand. Uh, so the woman who I was mentioning. Uh, that's her brother who came to offer uh, lunch for our uh, bhikkhunis and uh, seminaries here today and uh, uh, i I know like I know her cooking and style of cooking and she sent her brother together to uh, to offer that and uh, so I was just reflecting back on this transformation that um, that uh, occurred for her and for uh, another of her close friends who I was uh, speaking about earlier on, who is also a uh, a laywoman community leader, Buddhist community leader and, uh, and teacher. Um, and I thought to mention something, a little bit of the background story, because for me to understand uh, in in the kind of way that I was able to uh, earlier on was a great relief. And that was a great relief because of the stress that there was before that with the circumstances. And uh, I know I've heard about similar circumstances from, from others before. They've encountered similar. I don't know whether such uh, like-kind and understanding inquiry whether for any others, whether they might ever have a chance to to do such or not, or if it could have such, uh, uh, if it could, if it could change in such beneficial uh, ways, or not, um, or even, you know, more inspiring, encouraging, and beneficial ways as as our Bhikkhuni sangha develops and uh, the the opportunity to go forth and. Uh, and to fully ordain, and for that to be uh, socially acceptable and and supported, as that as that regrows, as that revives in the in the Thai community, as we think that that um, that was there so very long ago, from the time of the Arahant uh, Theras Sona and Uttara, who came to Bumi in the time of Emperor Ashoka. And according to the chronicles, uh, are supposed to have uh, fully ordained uh, large numbers of both men and women, something like 1,500 noble women, and so, you know, in the the chronicles, that's like around the time of uh, Emperor Ashoka, that those missionaries came to Suvanabhumi, the area that's now Burma, Thailand. society, lost that, and um, for just long enough at least, to have been able to forget about it, largely other than a few historic relics here and there Um, and for that to fall out of common social practice. So mm, I hope for those who might hear this at some time, including your good self, uh, that if you ever encounter such situation, if it would be useful, if it would be beneficial, that you might uh, remember about this and remember about this talk and uh, and the opportunity. Uh, as I'm sure you might time by time encounter such and that the, the understanding and compassion that rose in my heart uh, there, there was such a relief, such an improvement on the conflicted and afflicted feelings uh, that that might be so for you as well and uh, that transformation for the uh, uh, for that uh, strong and dedicated Upazika uh, and her, her friends and relatives uh, if there's an opportunity for that, uh, that rather than being against one another, that we might be truly uh, like that natural, healthy ideal, that we might be each other's supporters and appreciators, that is, that we support and appreciate and uh, uplift one another. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate